Chuck Swindell tells the story of a bird named Chippy, and this is how the story goes. Chippy the parakeet never saw it coming. One second he was peacefully perched in his cage, and the next he was sucked in, washed up, and blown over. The problem began when Chippy's owner decided to clean Chippy's cage with a vacuum cleaner. She removed the attachment from the end of the hose and stuck it in the, the cage. Now, all would have been well had not the telephone rung at that moment. And as she turned to pick it up and say hello, there was a sudden... <laughs> as, Chucky, as Chippy got sucked in. The bird owner gasped, couldn't believe what she'd done. So she put down the phone, she turned off the vacuum cleaner, she opened the bag, and there was Chippy, still alive, but stunned. Since the bird was covered in dust and hair and all the stuff that you find in a vacuum cleaner bag, she grabbed him and raced to the bathroom, turned on the tap, and held Chippy under the running water. Then realizing that Chippy was soaked and shivering, she did what any caring pet owner would do. She turned on the hairdryer and blasted him with hot air. Poor Chippy never knew what hit him. A few days after the trauma, a friend who'd heard about Chippy's troubles contacted his owner to see how the bird was doing. Well, she replied, Chippy doesn't sing much anymore. He just kind of sits and stares. And who can blame him? Sucked in, washed up, and blown over. That's enough to steal the song from anyone's heart. Things happen in our lives that come along unexpectedly. And we end up feeling a bit like Chippy, sucked in, washed up, and blown over. The song stolen from our hearts. It was a simple journey to the other side of the lake. And the evening was probably relatively calm. No one thought it a life-threatening task to climb into the boat and journey peacefully across the Sea of Galilee. In fact, they'd done it many times before. Jesus settles himself in the stern of the boat, and as they set sail, he falls asleep. Finally, away from the crowds and the clamour, Almighty God stretches out and rests. They sail quietly for a while. And then suddenly, without warning, a storm hits the tiny fishing vessel. The waves slap against the wooden sides, and the wind rising up out of nowhere begins to churn the water and whip the sails. The sky grows dark, and rain begins to pelt down on the disciples. Raging, foaming waves stirred up from the deep grow larger and darker until their slaps become crashes that jolt the boat from side to side, spilling water onto the deck. This was no small storm that Mark tells us about here. Remember, there are fishermen, fishermen among the disciples. They know how to handle themselves in a boat. They've been in many a storm and steered their vessels safely to the shore. This storm must have been pretty fierce to cause experienced fishermen to panic. It must have threatened to tear their boat into pieces or smash them onto rocks. And where is their master? Is he panicking? Does he stand there drenched holding a bucket and shouting orders? Well, no, he's asleep in the stern of the boat. In the midst of the activity, the panic, the violent thrashing of wind and water, Jesus sleeps 
undisturbed, at peace. How could he sleep through such violence? Didn't he hear the cries and feel the trembling of the feeble boat that was being tossed about like driftwood on the surface of the water? They finally wake him saying, teacher, don't you care that we are about to die? Don't you care, God? Are you asleep? Wake up, God. It sounds familiar, doesn't it? I think most of us could stand up in here and say that sometimes I've felt a bit like the disciples in the boat, afraid, vulnerable, with a decidedly sinking feeling. I think we all know what it's like to feel as though you're in the middle of a storm, tossed this way and that, and wondering how you're ever going to get to calmer waters. This dramatic incident on the Sea of Galilee teaches us some valuable lessons about life and also some basic principles about God's protection in the middle of life's storms. But most of all, it says something amazing about Jesus. So here's the first practical lesson. Every single person experiences storms, even if they have Jesus in the boat. And it's from this that we can conclude what a storm in your life does not mean. It does not mean that God does not love you. It does not mean that God is angry with you. It does not mean that he's paying you back for something. It does not mean that God is toying with you. God may have said that we are a special people, but he has never said that we are a protected species. Sometimes the storms that happen in our lives are self-made, but many times it's just that storms happen. And trying to analyze why something has happened or assign blame becomes a fruitless activity. Jesus said, God causes the sun to rise on evil and good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. In other words, good and bad happen to all. The important thing is whether we are prepared for them and how we deal with them. 